This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. Hi. M.J.P. Mosher, as I air punch. <laughs> and we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Okay, guys, so the song from today is maybe my favorite movie as a child. Um, I used to work out to the Rocky Four soundtrack, yeah. and when it got to this song, I'd be like, oh my goodness. So before Rob and I start doing push-ups, carrying big logs <laughs> on our back, lifting wheelbarrows, uh, let's play the song. That ended the Cold War. <laughs> Kick it off, Rob. This is no easy way out from the Rocky Four soundtrack by Robert Tepper. Uh, hey, I'm so pumped up already. Let's go for a drive. <laughs> That's right. Let me get my Lamborghini. I'm in your rearview mirror. My whole life is in my rearview mirror. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> Crystal's at the top of the steps. <laughs> We're not in the As I bring you back in, no easy way out from Robert Tepper, possibly the greatest movie montage moment ever, ever. in Rocky Four. So let's chat about what happens for a minute here. Okay. Why doesn't Duke throw the towel himself when Rocky is get when Apollo's getting whooped? Does yeah. Rocky have the only towel in the building? <laughs> like also, does it matter if he throws the towel? Because the ref steps in anyway and gets thrown out of the way anyway mm. when he steps in. Does it matter? True. And how amazing is Rocky's Snow White Hugo Boss sweatshirt that he's wearing? <laughs> that is an amazing sweatshirt. Yes. Um, Rocky Four, the highest grossing sports film for years before it was taken over by Blindside. Wow, um, Blindside? Blindside? I know, that's a ref. Blindside. Wow. Carl Weathers actually quit the film for four days while filming it because... Dolph Lundgren, Ivan Drago, was too forceful. Really? He, he was really He's laying like, it into I'm him. done. He's like, I am done. And wow. Stallone had to beg him to come back in and finish the scene. That's one thing about the Rocky movies, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of the, 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 the first four Rocky movies. Anything before and after Rocky V, I'm a huge fan of. 
Okay. Um, I, I rock with all of them. Rocky Balboa, the Creed movies, all that stuff that came after Rocky Five yeah. and one through four. I'm great. Rocky Five can eat it, but um, Tommy the Machine Gun. Yeah, but um, they really he he talks about how like they were going for realism. I mean, in a, especially in the closer up shots, they were like, "You really have to hit me." Yeah, you, we ha- this has to be realistic you know what i mean stallone spent time in the hospital yeah um and that's actually the scene that starts five was based on real life things because when he's in really yeah he's like suffering from stuff it's like they wanted because he actually did have to go to the hospital while recording it wow anyway great song and guys hang around at the end because you're gonna hear the voice of this magnificent song robert tepper himself robert Tapper joining us. I'm the robot. You're the Rocky robot. Four, yeah. uh, which I'm got, Polly's robot. It got cut out of the reboot. They cut out the entire robot robot portion. So what it, do you mean of the reboot? 22, 2020, they recut and redid the videos to put them out. Oh, with like better digital. Video. Oh, oh, the, the music video. No, oh. the entire Rocky Four. What? There's a better video. There's they're redoing like a better video, like a remaster, a remaster, and they've cut out all the robot. No way. Yep, that robot actually went on tour. With James Brown. Um, are you serious? Promise. They cut out the robot. No, I'm talking about, are you serious? The robot went on tour with James the Brown. The robot went on tour with James Brown. Yeah, helped him. Um, and he Happy was, birthday, Polly. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. I can't yeah. believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, yeah. boy. You know, there's a whole discussion around, um, you know, when you download a movie, like if you, if you buy a movie through iTunes or mm-hmm. whatever, you are actually you actually still don't own that movie. Like the, okay. the thing that you are agreeing to is basically that you get to steward that movie, uh, you know, until such time as the studio decides they don't want to stream it anymore mm-hmm. or they don't want to, you know. So like you can you can burn a copy onto a disc if it's something that you purchase if it's not streamed. Um, but like technically, the way it works is you you. You don't actually own that. And so they're allowed to just make changes as they see fit. Mm-hmm. If they want to change the movie, you don't get to do anything about that. So like, or they could technically speaking, if Apple tomorrow was like, you know, we're shutting down and we're taking all our movies back, they could do that Te- crazy. technically. Yeah. Like, but it's so weird. But so it's like, there's this sort of counter movement to digital download culture of, no, you'll pry my DVDs for my cold dead hands because I have, you know what I mean? Or like, imagine, you know, imagine you have the original video release of Star Wars uh-huh. before all the George Lucas changes, yeah. you know what I mean? But now there's all, all there is, unless you want to go find some bootleg, uh, and there actually is a, weirdly, a, 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 like an HD version of the original Star Wars that's been pieced together from all these different people. It's a whole project. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have the um, original on VHS. Do you do. before the before the changes? Yeah, so like you know, but that's the only way you can. That's the only way you can get it. But now they could make changes without your knowledge, like cutting out the robot. <laughs> it's Polly's robot. I get it. It's unrealistic, and it's probably. I mean, of of all the, I'll tell you off air and off episode the big controversy with the robot. Oh, so there you go. Oh my we'll talk goodness. about that later. But oh we'll say that'll be just a Rob JP story. Okay. All right. Is it about? Uh, never mind. Okay. All right. So anyway, No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper from the 1985 Rocky Four soundtrack and the 1986 Robert Tepper album No Easy Way Out. It went to number 22 on the Billboard Hot 100, uh, and the Robert Tepper album peaked at number 144 on the Billboard Top 200 albums. 
Um, just a few things to listen for while you're listening through. The first thing is the very first sound that you hear in this song. And we've talked about it a long time ago on our Phil Collins episode, uh, the gated snare. Take a listen. So this is, this is what happens when we go into full detail in the, in the Phil Collins episode. Um, but a gated snare means that there's a reverb, a noise gate that opens and closes for a, a certain amount of sound to come through. And when you put a gate on a snare, you can have it close suddenly so that the reverb of the snare, um, and, and there's probably some added reverb on there. To, so, okay. So you go, you hit a snare, you get pop, pop, right? You add reverb to a snare and it goes pa, pa. You put a gate on that reverb and it goes pop, 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 right? That you get this extended big sound. And the 80s was like the golden age of gated uh, drums, snare and toms especially. So you listen to the listen to how much the snare pops, and it's because it's got gated reverb on it. And then you've got, of course, the incredible synth sound, right? Super cool. And this the bass, the bass, the bass yeah. tone in this, I love. It really portends kind of a, a mid '90s kind of tone. It makes me think of like Better Than Ezra. Uh, you get that, you know what I mean? Um, you think of like Good by Better Than Ezra, that sort of bass bass tone. Um, so check all those things out. And then before the main, okay, li- listen to those things first. Then I got I got some more. Hear that snare? Mm-hmm. And then the bass. It's like that really clean up front, but still a little grimy. Okay. So let's pause right there. So what you're getting is before the main opening synth riff kicks in, there's a kind of random bar of 2-4 time or 6-4 time, depending on how you want to think about it, that makes the riff come in kind of like a surprise. Um, So you've got the the bass lines, Flat seven one, flat six one. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. Flat yeah, flat seven one, flat six one, flat seven. It's weird to think about. Or if, or if you're thinking, yeah. So it's and so the riff <clears throat> starts and stops on the same chord. So what they do is when the when it's time for the main riff to come in, they just skip that last. And it starts right there. On it, yeah. Um, and so it's like a little surprise. Like your ear expects to hear the phrase finish a certain way in this like straight ahead. Whereas rock the vibe. finish is the start of yeah, the next. Exactly. So all of a sudden, yeah, you're caught in this riff monsters clutches and, <laughs> you know, and it does the same thing at the beginning. And I think at the end of the guitar solo too, when it, it kind of just comes in early. So let's, let's listen to that one more time. Two, one, two. One, two, one. one. So, really interesting there. Really interesting. Uh, let's talk about the video for a second. The video is all Tepper, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally him in a room with like some blocks and a chain link fence and some stuff to climb on. Yeah. It's like, um, it's almost like a skate park that sucks real bad. <laughs> He's just kind of dancing and turning, spinning around everywhere. Uh, I would not want that pressure of uh, having. You're going to have to entertain this whole song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just you. It didn't even have an instrument. I know. You know, it's, you can hide behind a guitar. It's sometimes. like we'll give we'll give you you and this flowy shirt and 
<laughs> you just got to make the best of it, bro. Dude, speaking of the whole song, name a movie where they play the whole song from start to finish. Like in a, uh, yeah. I can't think of a time where no. you know they're gonna trim it down some, but in the movie the montage is the entire song. Yes, what you hear on the Tepper album is what you hear in the movie. In the whole, yeah, it's it, it's the I, whole song. I feel like, and I don't know how this works financially. I, I don't know if it's the same amount that the that the song writers and whatever get. I feel like there should be a bonus. Yeah, if you get a full get song, song in a movie, it's worth it. and 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 not not just that, but even more special. Uh, about this song is that this while while this song is playing, the movie is telling the story of the entire Rocky the saga. saga. Yeah, it, it is all being brought to your memory. Every single important moment over the first three and a half movies uh-huh. is happening again in front of you while this song plays. Yeah, it's so cool, you know, and it's like. I, literally, if you needed to show somebody a primer on the Rocky movies, uh-huh. you would just show them this clip yeah. from Rocky Four. Uh-huh. If you're like, if you're like, dude, okay, you're like, I don't know anything about Rocky. Okay, here, I'll show you this, yeah, and I'll just give you highlights. Exactly. Like, okay, I'm about to watch Creed for the first time, but it starts in five minutes. I need to know everything I can. <laughs> right? You yeah, play them good. this because it, it shows every important, every single important thing. Plays the whole song. It's incredible. Like, what a special thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? To think, uh, you know. I've got this, like Stallone goes, okay, I need to tell the whole story here because Rocky Rocky is in this place where if you haven't seen Rocky Four, what are you doing with your life, okay? <laughs> but I, I'm going to give you a spoiler because it was 1984 or whatever, uh, <laughs> 1985. Um, so, you know, Rocky's in this place where Apollo, his best friend, has just been killed by this Russian fighter. And he knows in his heart he's got to face this guy, right? He and 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 his wife is saying, "You can't do it. You can't win. He's going to kill you too." On Christmas. On that's right. On Christmas. And, in Russia. And so he's just driving his Lamborghini out in the night, thinking through his entire life, you know. And it's it's and so Stallone's like, "I've got this moment where I'm going to encapsulate." the entirety of this series in in 4 minutes and i need the song to help me tell that story in yeah. in and add drama to the moment mm-hmm. you know and so he chooses no easy way out by robert tepper uh, it, it, that's just the coolest as an artist you yeah. got to go bro i did it uh-huh. you know what i mean that's a high water mark right yeah, there yeah absolutely and he could have gone if you here's another spoiler teaser at the end of five they play measure of a man by elton john uh-huh. which is like real soft mm-hmm. real ballady you know it's the measure of a man whatever yeah. that kind of not to be what, confused but with measure of a man by for him, by for him yeah, exactly yeah. which is another great song great song but um that doesn't work here no like you can't no. you can't put that here Mm-mm. it's a completely different emotion a completely different setting yeah so similar concept delivered completely different yeah um, yeah, exactly. Um, listen to this. This is around the three-minute mark. Tepper's voice is just shredded, dude. <laughs> it is ripped to shreds, and I love it so much. Like, I think there's a good chance that We're going to call him Tepper, by the way. We're not calling him Robert Tepper. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Te- it's, it's, te- it's Tepper. Come on. It's Tepper time. Yeah, come on, somebody. <laughs> listen to this, dude. This is so good. It's, it's in the uh, – yeah, just take a listen. Something's over, 
did. Yeah. And then one more. Just. They're like, dude, we need one more take. Uh-huh, like, I yeah. think we got it, but let's get one more to be safe. Yeah. And then he delivers the emotional. Uh-huh. It's not good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it's good because it's because it's shredded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But as far as like technically, it's like it's a little flat, and it's and it it's doesn't fifteenth and final round. It doesn't sound <laughs> quote unquote good. But exactly, dude. That is rocky. Uh-huh. You know that it never does. Uh-huh. Like it's just he just he's cut me, Mick. He just yeah. got cut. Yes. Wide open and exactly. he's delivering. Man, I'm wondering, how is this episode playing for people who don't know the Rocky movies? Oh, man. If you haven't I'm seen so Rocky, sorry. all these jokes are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, if you've seen Rocky, you're high-fiving us. Mm. If you haven't seen Rocky, you're like, these guys are weird, it, and it's okay. I don't – I I am not, generally speaking, a big like action movies guy um, and whatever. Like these kinds of movies – I don't like the Rambo movies. I don't care about – Stuff like that. But the Rocky movies, there's just something about them, dude. I heard you telling somebody when we were just talking about you that you're like, it's the Adrian story, too. Like you said. Yeah, no, no, that goes, that's Robbie Wade. That's Robbie Wade was telling you. Yeah, he was, he was telling a friend who had never seen any of them. He was like, dude, it's all about Adrian. Yeah. It's like every, every movie is driven by Adrian. And it really is true. Um, but the, I mean, and you got to think the Rocky won, the original Rocky won. The Oscar for Best Picture, like they're not. You think, oh, the Rocky movies, you know. And by the time you get to Rocky Four, it feels like fighting movies. It's, but. Yeah, it's it's ninety minutes long. Half of it is montage. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so many montages sure. in this movie. Um, and so you know, there's like maybe thirty lines of dialogue in the whole movie or something. <laughs> it seems like, but the but they're so good and so well done, and the and the the story is just so great. And then in this one, of course, you get the the story with Russia and it's all one way till the very end. Uh-huh. And in the middle of that fight, the crowd, the Russian crowd turns starts and cheering. starts cheering for Rocky. And then Rocky says, if I can change, and you can change. I'll translate. <laughs> and you can change. <laughs> Anybody can change. All the Russian listeners. I'm sorry if I just offended you. I don't I don't know exactly what he says. I gave it my best attempt there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just lost me, dude. Oh gosh. I gotta recover. <laughs> you wanna meet the band? I was not ready. Let's meet the band. <laughs> oh crap, dude. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, guys, we're going to meet the band that played with Robert Tepper on this track. It's Tepper time. It's Tepper time. On drums, Myron Grombacher. Wow. Um, exactly. My thoughts, exactly. He's on a, the Crimes of Passion album for Pat Benatar, which has... Hit me with your best shot. Um, so big time with Pat Benatar. He's on the Lita album for Lita Ford, which has Close My Eyes Forever with Ozzy. Uh, stuff with Rick Derringer, David Cassidy, L.A. Guns. Rocking drummer. I mean, yeah. this guy's a rocking drummer. Um, on guitar, on my Mount Rushmore, I talk about him all the time. Yeah. With Giant, stuff with Michael Jackson, stuff with Michael W. Smith, Dan Huff. Dan Huff. Let's play. I try to throw in different ones each time. Let's go to Stay... By Giant, and let's go to minute 239, 
and hear maybe the best 44 seconds of your day. So stay by Giant. All right, here's Stay. Um, here's a Stay. No. <laughs> that would be no? Lisa Loeb. Is that wrong? Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Oh, as much as Rush I got you, that was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I was expecting something completely different. 239, Giant, Stay, right. Dan Huff. Yeah. Uh, I love the <laughs> Boy. Damn. Wow. Let's go punch Dang. some people, man. Wow. Dude. That oh. just straight up blew me away. It's amazing. That was so Dan good. Dan Huff, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome on that. Holy I'll try cow. to bring another one next time, but that's up there. Um, that's all you need to say about who's playing guitar on this. Jeez. The other guitar player, two guitar players on this, a guy named Guy Marshall. Really cool website about being the best bandmate you can be. Like oh. that's his website is just talking about being a good supporting bandmate. That's so awesome. think about the guy that's playing rhythm track under that guy. Yeah. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah. So there's no substitute for for uh, you know a good bandmate, especially there's no shortcut home. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Especially There's for no an electric guitar player, because you think electric guitar players have egos yeah. and such. So to be a great rhythm guy on a track like this, props to Guy Marshall. Yeah. Um, on keys, killer keys parts to this whole song, by the way. Yeah. Alan Pasqua, stuff with Bob Dylan, Eddie Money, Cher, Michael Buble. He wrote the CBS Evening News theme. Wow. Yeah. But, Is that... Or is that NBC? Maybe? I don't know. Hmm. CBS Evening News theme. Whatever. Anyway, okay. he wrote one. Okay. Good job, Alan. <clears throat> I think that might have been ABC that I went Whatever. Yeah. Well, they're not all the same. Peter we, Jennings. We, I mean, I don't know. Mm. We need to freshen up on our news yeah. thing. I don't watch the news. Uh, <laughs> he's My favorite Alan Pasqua tune is a slow jazz ballad called okay. Wichita Lineman. Oh. It would bring the mood down a bit um, and would be as calm as the Is it like gets. the classic song Wichita I Lineman? I can't tell if it's a... Like the way it's played, I'm not as familiar mm. enough no, with like the Wichita uh-huh. with, with that to say, oh, that's a tribute to that song or yeah. a cover of that song, but it's really cool. Okay. So check it out. On bass, Tim Landers, stuff with John Tesh, Al Stewart, Tracy Chapman. Yeah. Um, bass player for the Pat Sajak show. Yeah. What? From 1989 to 1990, before he went on to host a show you may have heard of called The Wheel of Fortune. Sure. Um, he was the bass player for the house band on the Pat Sajak show. So let's talk about that band. Tom Scott is its leader. Okay. Tom Scott's a pretty famous sax player. Nah, he's a sax player. Okay. <laughs> sax two. Yes, two sax players. Uh-huh. The guy that's second, Dave Cause. Oh. Maybe the most popular sax player other than Kenny other than, G yeah, uh-huh. in that era. And, pop, yeah. and he's the number two sax player. On that. So wow. I watched the first episode of the show just to see what is the Pat Sajak show. And I discovered this little nugget that I'm going to watch with you. Okay. And I'm going to see if we can plug in and see. It won't translate as well audio wise, but I just want to watch this commercial. Well, I'll just listen as you watch. Okay. But look at this is 1989. This is, and it's going to advertise the, um, let me jump here real quick. It's going to advertise. The double cheeseburger for McDonald's for 89 cents in 89. So you can get a double cheeseburger for 89 cents. Okay. And, hang on real quick here. Look at all of the 
big name people in this. In this commercial? In this commercial. Okay. This is ridiculous. This is maybe the most firepower at this time. Let's party. Oh. During in 1989, McDonald's double it's, uh, cheeseburger Grandpa was Munster. Cents. I find that hard oh. to believe. Oh, Maxwell Smart, whatever his name was. Two all beef patties and golden melted cheese. Good grub. Good double cheese. Uh, Jed Clampett. Buddy Ebbs. May I say, this is going to be Frankie Valley. Thank right? you, Eddie. So start uh, yeah, Oh, no, I'm sorry. For the McDonald's double cheeseburger for just 89 cents. And I get changed back to Oh, Bob Denver Gilligan. Here's why. Wow, what a commercial. Man. All, all the firepower there. McDonald's, McDonald's, has that, McDonald's has that ad budget going, dude. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> uh, by the way, uh, uh, un, un, uh, uh, not, not sponsored uh, plug here, but um, it, I don't know if we've talk, talked about this podcast before, but there's a podcast called 20,000 Hertz that is, other than ours, one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows. And um, they just talk about interesting sounds and the history behind those sounds, whether they're, some of the sounds are natural, some of it is like sound phenomenon, um, you know, whatever. But they did an episode uh, recently, as we record this, on the McDonald's jingle, the ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, on how that got made. Oh. And it's fascinating. Uh, you know, because it's a whole thing with Justin Timberlake was involved, and he did like a world tour. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if you remember all this. I don't remember you go that listen to this episode. Um, but they talk about it was a it was a literally worldwide search for the next McDonald's jingle because they were moving on from they were trying to do like an image shift and a and a and mm-hmm. moving moving along from their previous thing, and so they were trying to like it. It had been um, you know, you would have like in Germany they would have. A McDonald's jingle in Mexico. They would have a McDonald's. So this jingle. was just the United in States. In the U.S., they would have a McDonald's jingle. Or this one became. And they said we want one worldwide jingle that translates everywhere. Okay, because there's no can, words. That's just that, exactly it's a so that you can listen to across the globe and you know this is McDonald's. And so they ended up on ba da ba ba ba. And it's the story of how that all happened. It's insane. Well, check it out. Go check out twenty thousand hertz. Uh, I think it's twenty k dot org. Is okay. there is their website? Great show. Uh, shameless plug. Would love to connect with them at some point. It's, okay. it's very fun. Okay, is that all on, on the band? Uh, that's the. Uh, I think that's the band. Yeah. I okay. Think we got through through the band there. Okay. Uh, in doing some research, I had um, I had kind of an epiphany about this song. Okay. Okay. Um, and you got to tell me if I'm reading too much into it, if I'm if I'm overshooting. Okay. Okay. But in listening and really reading the lyrics. I get a different impression of this song's meaning in the movie, okay? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but if you let the end of the first verse carry into the chorus as one thought, it paints the picture that the protagonist of the song is looking for a way out, wanting a way out, okay? So Rocky is like, I wish I could undo what I've committed to, is what you're saying. Yes, I, I'm, I wish that I could find a way that I don't have to do this. Okay. Okay. Not, I know I have to do this and I'm thinking about the ramifications and the, and the whatever. Okay. So you've got, here's the verse. The pre-chorus says, some things are worth fighting for. Some feelings never die. I'm not asking for another chance. I just want to know why. Then the chorus is, there's no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. There's no easy way out. Giving in can't be wrong, which doesn't make sense if you're thinking about Right? Like, I'm not giving in. Mm-hmm. If the point of it is I'm not giving in, why would you say giving in can't be wrong? Because if you take the last line of the verse, I just want to know why there's no easy way out. 
If you put those together, I just want to know why there's no easy way out, why there's no shortcut home. There's no easy way out. Giving in can't be wrong. Maybe I'm overshooting. Maybe it's because we just celebrated Easter, but I feel like this (laughs) is the Garden of Gethsemane moment. Oh, my goodness. If I can say that without being blasphemous. Not sacrilegious, but we understand the parallel. Yes, okay. If it's, you know, Jesus, for those of you who don't know the story, the the story goes that Jesus said in, in the garden when he knew he was about to be arrested and taken and beaten and crucified, he said, he prayed, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, okay? And then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your be done. Um, in other words, he knows what he's up against, and he's like, if there's... If there was another way to do this, I would consider it. Is mm-hmm. almost how it comes across, right? Rocky and please, we're not comparing know, Rocky to Jesus. Okay, not, yes, but. but in that same sort of mental vein, Rocky knows what he has to do, but he's going, "Geez, man, why can't there be an easy way out? Why can't I just do the smart thing and move on? Why do I have to try and do this impossible thing that I already know in my heart I'm going to try to do?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's my take after doing a little deeper dive into the lyrics, and you know me. I'm not the, the lyric guy. The last thing he listens I'm to not the lyric guy. is the lyric. But I, I just had that realization for me. Um, you know, I'm interested to see if if that, how that strikes you, how that strikes the listeners, see if they agree with me. That he's he's actually looking for a way out. And now this this song in real life, uh, Robert Tepper said, you know, it was a song about his uh, uh, divorce, mm-hmm. and so which would make sense. Then I don't know why there can't just be an easy way out of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so I, to me. That's how it reads, and it makes the song make more sense. The song didn't have to make sense. Sure. It didn't have to line up perfectly to be incredible. You're not analyzing every lyric when you're watching the montage and no. comparing it back. No. And, uh, and you guys will really like the uh, way Robert Tepper talks about that scene mm-hmm. in relation to it's really good. Yeah. So hang, he's such a good speaker. It's hang around for that towards the end for sure. Let's talk a little about the Rocky Four soundtrack. Let's do it. I mean, geez, Louise. Please, let's do it. Number 10 on the Billboard 200. Uh, number 65 for the entire year, 1986. Um, Pause. I'm going to go grab my copy. Okay. Okay, okay. I ran up and got my copy just because I want to read along with the no notes, but at least I get to look at the picture, the yeah. classic Rocky Four picture. Yeah. With uh, with yeah, dude, uh, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky Four is so shredded. I mean, he's at like and so short. Look at him standing beside. He is. Dolph. He's like five five or something, something like five six. He's not a tall guy to begin with. And then Dolph Lundgren, Dolph's like seven eight. That's <laughs> <Yeah. something's> ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the putting putting them beside each other in the film is like laughable. Uh, which is the point. I mean, it's David and Goliath kind of you know. Rocky kind of thing. even says about Apollo. I think the first thing when you get Apollo is a ladder. Yeah. Because he's so tall. Yeah. But yeah. Man, Man, that's hilarious. The Rocky movies are so So good. good. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. So, okay. So a little bit on, on, on the soundtrack. Um, it was number one in Switzerland, Netherlands, number two, Austria and Germany, certified platinum in the U.S., gold in the U- United Kingdom. But let's just read a little bit of this track list. Please okay? do. So it opens with Burning Heart by Survivor. Survivor. Should uh, we just play a little play, snippet? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. We're going to. It's about to burst. Okay, Burning Heart by Survivor. You may know them from a little ditty named Eye of the Tiger. Which is track four on here. Does the crowd understand? Can any nation... This is when he's first showing up in Siberia. 
Getting off the plane. Yeah. Snowy. Okay, so you've got Burning Heart by Survivor, followed up by Hearts on Fire by John Cafferty. Yeah. Not to be confused with Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> okay, this is not this is not Jerry Rafferty. This is John Cafferty. But listen, this seriously. Burning Hearts into Hearts on Fire, like those two back to back. Kaboom! You're, and we haven't it's, even gotten to the one we're talking about. It's the national na- natural progression of things. It's a burning heart, so you have a heart on fire. That's you know right. what I mean? But the 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 opening music of this. Hits me in a way that is different from almost anything else I've ever heard, dude. The synth part on this, I don't know who played synth on this, but my hat's off to that yeah. person. And, the, and the, the interplay with the drums and bass, and then the synth part filling in the spaces. Oh, listen to this. This is Hearts on Fire We're by John Cafferty. Laps. Yeah. Dang! <laughs> we skip to the chorus. Punch it one more time. Yeah. And then they go straight back to that synth bit. Come on! Dang. Uh, I love the second time where it does the... Yeah. Oh, man, so good. Drago! <laughs> That was not Eddie Money, by the way. That was, was not. That's, John Cafferty, who sounds a lot like Eddie Money there. It does. I never made that connection. Um, that's good. Then we get into, uh, I've, uh, I'm sorry, Double or Nothing, Double or nothing by Logan. Gladys Knight and Kenny Loggins. The okay. pair you picture together all the time. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously, if you want a duo, it's going to be Gladys Knight and <laughs> Kenny Loggins. Then we get I, the Tiger by Survivor, which was introduced in Rocky III, um, but becomes, people, th- you think of it. I mean, it's synonymous with the Rocky movies at sure. this point, you know, but it wasn't introduced until the third movie mm-hmm. and and wasn't used. It was used in the intro for Rocky four, mm-hmm. um, but it's used in one of the montages in Rocky three. But the you know, you think about the intro to Rocky four is that with the two boxing gloves coming at each other, one with the U.S. flag because it's the end of three. They always start the beginning of the which movie. is brilliant. Oh, I love that. They play the last scene of the previous Rocky. Yeah. Oh, it it's is just, brilliant. Just, right. just the best. Um, and and then American Boxing Glove stays. Yeah, and the, and, and yeah that's right. It explodes. the. They explode each other. They explode each other that's together, right. but you can barely watch at the end, and you'll see the American Glove stick Really? Around. Oh, yeah. Still oh. Watch it. Yeah, they explode, but if you keep, if you watch closely, uh-huh. the American one is still there, and oh. the Russian one is gone as it fades in. Interesting. America. And that particular one I think maybe my favorite scene for some reason I, I don't even know why, but um, maybe maybe you know what maybe it's because it makes me think of us is uh, my my maybe my favorite scene in all four of the original Rocky movies is the scene at the end of three Where beginning of four when Apollo says you want to ring the bell you gotta yeah you gotta Ding. you know you gotta do me a favor and uh-huh. it's and it's just a private fight yeah. in the basement you uh-huh. know what I mean and I'm telling you bro. When they they get in the ring and there's such camaraderie uh-huh. between the two of them, and then they swing that first punch get- and it pauses in the most beautiful way. 
And then in the and it's is it at Rocky's the end of left three? handed and Apollo's right handed. Yeah, and the links of their arms is perfect. Yeah, and they're swinging with all they've got. You know they hit each other in the face. Yeah, they really hit. Absolutely. They have to have hit each other. Yes, and it's, it's wonderful. Dude, it's right. so good. That's good. And is it the end of three that that turns into a painting? Yeah, oh yeah. It and then and then in four he's got he's got a painting of it. I think hanging okay. somewhere. Right. Anyway, I want that painting. I need that painting. That's okay, that's our prize of unspeakable value yeah. for each other. <laughs> so I the tiger by Survivor. Then you've got War by Vince DiCola. Oh yes. Who it's, it, it, this is got used for all kinds of sports stuff. It's instrumental. Um, Play a little less. Yep. It's long. It's six minutes, but yeah. goodness gracious. But it really sets it up. The tension, bro. <laughs> Dude. Those weird... Those weird... Uh, Dissonant notes in there. Oh man, it's so good. That got used. I think it was it was um for like it wasn't Monday Night Football, but it was something like that. It was like NFL films or CBS football or something like that got used. Um, and then you get. I mean, come on, living in America, James uh, Brown. Yes. Let's. I mean, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's so good. We got. We need to hit the chorus, right? Oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And then, of course, in the movie, you get uh, you get a literal James Brown, co- oh, you know what yeah, I mean? He's in there. And that's got most of that song. I mean, it's mm-hmm. got quite a bit of this. Yeah, I guess it does have the whole song. It might actually cut a little bit for time, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> during Apollo's entrance, uh-huh. you know what I mean? His first the, the fight against coming out Drago. the American flag hat, American flag everything. Yeah. The, uh, you guys, while we're talking about, it, do yourself a favor and watch the documentary, The Real Rocky. Have you seen it? It's Mm-mm. the Chuck Webner story no. about how. And this is not to go against the loan, but how Chuck Webner's a boxer, mm-hmm. and he said that Rocky stole his life story. Oh, so there's like a scene where before, you know, in three Rocky fights, Thunderlips, uh-huh. who's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Chuck Webner actually fought Andre the Giant. Oh, um, the Chuck Webner Ali fight is what they. He says that um, Rocky. The Apollo story is uh-huh. based on that story. Stallone was at that fight. Oh, okay, um, and said he had you know whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it's the, it's so similar. Chuck Webner didn't win, but he knocked down Apollo in uh-huh. the first one. It's one of the uh, knocked down uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, Muhammad, sorry, yeah. the person that sang the national anthem, James Brown. No kidding. At that fight, he's wow. like he kept it going, like even into four. Wow. So yeah, that's awesome. That's actually. crazy. So watch that. It's a good documentary. Um. I, I highly enjoy it. Called the real yeah. rookie. Anyway, keep so going it, through. So, through track. And then we oh, get man. track seven. You're seven tracks deep, and you've got no easy way out. I mean, you're like, I'm already sweating. I've given it everything I've got, and yeah. then it's like we're gonna go one more. And then you've got, I mean, you got four more tracks. One way, uh, uh, one way, one way street by Go West, which actually doesn't stream for some reason. The sweetest victory by Touch. Training montage by Vince DiCola, uh, which is awesome. And Man Against the World by Survivor. Survivor's so on, on the here original three times. soundtrack, which I have, does not have. I have the '85 original soundtrack. Track, okay. Does not have the training montage and the man against the world. It stops at track nine. Oh, okay. I, you know, I read something about this and I, and I didn't. I, I didn't Lie. write it down. Training montage is a hidden track. 
not okay. listed on here, but okay, Man okay. Against the World is not on here. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, anyway great, it's, great album, great soundtrack, great yeah. song. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about, I got a thing on, there's a bullet for my Valentine cover. There's a bunch of covers. Um, you can go check them out, but for the sake of time, we'll, we'll, we'll move past them, but just go check out bullet for my Valentine has one. Um, there's some other like well-known like metal band or some like heavy band that has one. Um, I can't remember who it is. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Robert Tepper or, or do you want to, I know you got a game. You got a game. That's right. I do. Let's play Stump the Genius. <laughs> Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. For the first time ever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. I've been stumped. I think I did it one time. Did we? Maybe. I if not, know. maybe the second time. I forget. Maybe the fr- for a rarity. Okay. The, the roles have for been a reversed. rarity. I'm your host, Rob Alley. <laughs> For Stump the Genius, we're going to do some, I'm keeping it basic, I'm keeping it basic, but we're going to do Rocky trivia. I know that JP knows these movies very well. So I say I, I do, and it's, you know, you're in the hot seat and you kind of freeze. It's get, true, man. You get that nervous feeling. That's right. You get that nervous feeling. So, um, okay, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. Okay. Okay, seven questions. Y'all play along at Rocky trivia. Me. Let me know how I do. These Let are, me know how you do. These are all taken from the original five. I did one question from five, even though I never want to see it in my life again. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I tried just a couple years ago to watch it again, um, and I just hate it so much. It's so. I'm awful. not very versed in five. Okay, good. We'll I'm not either. We'll but see this how one, I do on the other. I, I think I think you'll I think you'll get the one from five. I think I, I it's hope so. simple enough. Uh, but I'll understand if you're just like, bro, that movie just sucks so bad. Yeah. I can't answer that question. Okay, all right. What colors were Rocky's trunks in his first fight against Apollo? Uh, red and white. Yes, and they're wrong on the poster. Oh, wow. So is it red with white trim he's on the like, poster? He's like, and the guy's like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I think you're going to give him uh, a great show. Uh, that's right, yeah, It's yeah. backwards than what he actually wears. Yes, that's right. Okay. They're, yeah. they're a white with red tr- trim. Good job. Um, before his rematch with Apollo, who does Rocky stop to see on his way to the oh, arena? That's a gr- and this two? is Rocky Two. This is Two. Yeah, he's, he's going to his rematch, and he's, he's literally on his way. And then he he stops. The, he goes by the priest. Yes, the priest. That's right. Can you remember his name? Bonus points. Father. Save it. Let me think okay, on it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, in Rocky Five, how is it revealed that Rocky has lost most of his money? Polly lost it. Bank. Uh, not not Polly. But you're thinking right. You're thinking right. His a business manager. Business, yeah, yeah. Business, was was shady. Ch- yeah. And, Skimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is Rocky's dog's name? Butkus. That's right. So, uh, I had a pound puppy that I named Butkus. <laughs> oh, wow. Of that. That's how well. All right. Butkus, give me okay. a kiss. Then I'm not worried about any of these. No. Um, let's see. I'm going to save that one because I got one music question. I really want to get the priest. When <laughs> Father Tom, Father Cowan, Father. Oh, you're almost there. Father. Father Cummins, Robert. It's Carmine. Yeah, Carmine. It's Carmine. Father yes. Carmine. Father yeah. Carmine. Yeah. Very good. Oh, well man. done. Came back to it. Oh, uh, okay. When Rocky in Rocky Three, when Rocky and Clubber Lang come face to face just before the bell rings in their first fight, what two words does Clubber say to Rocky? Dead meat. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. It's his response. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, does Mr. T's famous I Pity the Fool originate in Rocky Three or from the A-Team TV series? Oh, man. That's a great question. I'm going to go Rocky Three. It is Rocky Three. Yeah. Yes. I know he says it in there. I was yeah. 
That was the first time he said it. That's good. Um, Okay. All right. Last question. Prediction for the fight? Prediction? Pain. Pain. Right, dude, Mr. T was dude, so, good. so good. So good. He was terrifying. Yeah, he was, man. I think I, I'm afraid of him now. Yeah. Like from that movie. <laughs> from that, seriously. And then when he's, when uh, in the scene where Rocky's having like flashbacks to their first fight where he just gets pounded. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And he was like lean, you know what I mean? Clubber, like he was just a nightmare. I just thought dude. of something. I'm going to look it up. If it doesn't show up, we'll just edit that I even brought this up. Okay. I don't even know where to find it. Let's see if I can find this. Oh, my goodness. Let's see if we can look up this. Look up Mr. T's commandments. Oh, man. This came out at about the same time. Believe it, because every word is true. Mr. T's commandments. I might have just. This is a real song? It's a real song. Look it up. There's a video of it. I could talk all day, but the rest is up to you. You It's an album by Mr. T. It's an album. There's a song called Mr. T's commandments. I don't know where I heard this or how I know this. Let's just watch or listen. My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> like Rocky in Miss in three. Oh, they went with that halftime hip hop. That is an ungated snare, just so you know. It's gracious, quite an wow. intro. We can yeah, this is five it. minutes long. Oh, I have the 407 version. Okay. I guess they cut Let's out a minute that. of the intro. Holy cow, dude. As a rule of thumb, but most you when things get hot and you're in a spot, <laughs> are your friends. Your parents are your friends. This is for the kids out there. They'll never let you fall. When they hear a cry, they don't hear a chorus. They answer when you call. Holy cow. Because <laughs> every word is true. Okay, I messed up the hook a little bit, but not bad for it. I haven't thought about that in, in 30 oh I haven't thought about that in years. That is incredible. I'm going to need a mashup of Mr. T's Commandments with John Lithgow singing in the bathtub. <laughs> I need somebody That's to make great. those those two things collide. <laughs> That's Just awesome. the gloves, one with Mr. T's face and oh, one with John Lithgow's. Right. They explode. Two worlds collide. Into just a musical c- catastrophe. <laughs> All right, last question of Stump okay. the Genius. And I really, I think you're going to get this. I really hope you're going to get this. Frank Stallone is oh, featured in Rocky 1 and 2 mm-hmm. as a member of the group of street singers. Yeah. Can you sing one of their songs? Absolutely. I'll give you a point for each one you can sing. Okay. There are three. So uh, really, there are two, and then there's a, there's a. Okay, give me a second. Okay, I gotta get Mr. T's commandments out of my head. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, I shouldn't have done that. White noise. <laughs> Man, I, I can do this. I promise. I can do all <laughs> of them if I could just start them. Standing around the garbage can. I know they're around. Oh, come on, Mosier. Can you help start me? I know that's bad to get one going. I can give you the first. Two words, okay. okay. There are two kinds of love that yeah. you ought to know. You are two, two kinds of love. love. Okay, there are that's two one. Kinds that's Rocky Two, okay. mm-hmm. uh, where he is carrying. He's just got married, uh-huh. and carrying he's carrying Adrian. Adrian. Yep, that's good. Thank you. Okay, okay. Thanks for the help on that. <laughs> yep. Let me see. That'll help me get going on. <laughs> um, one is just nonsense words, like syllables. Can you give me the start of the word? Nah. <laughs> 
I can do it if I if I had in context. I'm sorry. I can it's sing along That right? And it's just that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what they're doing before they okay. break into two kinds of love. I think yeah. when Rocky comes, he's like, hey, sing us a song. Yeah. We just got married yeah. and whatnot. So they're he's like, Yeah, yeah, we got it. There's one in one. There's one in one, yes. And that it, do you remember it? I want to. I want to get the <laughs> You'll remember it exactly. Yeah. It's take it back. Do, 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 do. Yep. Take it back. <laughs> yes. All right. You did really well. I think you got overall eight of nine possible points. You did very, very well in Stump the Genius. Very good. Very good. That uh, was fun, man. I like that. Great questions. That was, good job going deep on the questions. That was a lot you, of thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Guys, I, we've enjoyed this. I have loved this episode. This has been fun. I hope you guys have and hung out with us. And yep. Stay tuned. And, and we've got. We're not done. I got oh, more. We got, got more, more stuff and we've got an interview and we still. Got te- so. It's still, still Tepper time almost. Still Tepper time. But I got a couple things uh, here. Uh, a little on Robert Tepper before we talk to Please. him. Please. Um, he co wrote the Benny Mardonis hit, Into the Night. Oh, I'll play yeah. a little bit of that. The groove. I mean, the feel of this is just incredible. Let's hit the chorus. Don't know what love is yet, but I want you to know if I could lie, I'd pick you up, I'd take you into the night and show you love like you've never seen, ever seen. So that's on JP's, like, I have this list of ongoing songs like everybody does on Spotify, and that one is in mine. My wife okay. is sick of that song, and I <laughs> love it so much. So he uh, co-wrote uh, that with Benny Mardonis. I've never really thought about the lyrics, but I guess it's, a. I mean, it's really about a guy, like, who sort of falls for a 16-year-old. I mean, the, the first line of the song was almost called She's Only 16 Years Old or something. Uh, Benny Mardonis was 33, 34 when that song came out. So, you know, it creeps some people out. But Mardonis said this, There was a girl in my building in Spanish Harlem whose father ran out on her and her family. I felt so bad for her that I hired her to walk my dog. She came into my apartment early one morning, and Robert Tepper and I had been up all night writing songs. She was all dressed up, and it was one of those beautiful 16-year-old girls you've ever seen. When she left with the dog... Uh, Bobby said, oh, my word. And I replied, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. And thus a classic was born. So it's kind of, it was, you know, whatever. So, but then it was like. Harmless. Yeah. So then it's sort of a fictional account. And he was like, he was like, imagine, you know, in you, you could say this doesn't make it better, but you know, all there's tons of songs that are about, you know, whatever, right. Young girl, get out of my mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a running theme in popular music. I freaking love that song. And I have never thought about that. You better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. Right. It's the same. It's the same thing. I never thought about the lyrics that I'm belting out. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that song, get this, uh, Into the Night charted in the Billboard Top 20 twice, nine years apart, uh, in 1980 and again in 1989. It is one of only 14 songs to do so. Wow. To chart twice. And of course, you know I went and got that list. <laughs> you know I love a good list. So let's talk about it. Uh, and you'll, there'll be a running thread in, in okay. these, okay? So you'll, you'll figure out kind of what the running thread in a lot of these is and figure out come why back they charted in movies. twice. Okay, that's right. A lot of them come back in movies. Chubby Checkers, The Twist, charted in 1960 and 1961. It was number one both times. Uh, Stand By Me by Benny King. Mm-hmm. Number four in 1961 and number nine in 1986 when the, the movie, movie Stand yep. By Me. Uh, the Contours, Do You Love Me? Number three in 1962 and number 11 in 1988, I believe because of Teen Wolf. 
Oh, yeah. Is that track? That would make sense. Right? I think so. Um, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers, Monster Mash, number one in 1962 and number 10 in 1973. I think that's probably just coincidence. I don't know that there was some big thing. Graveyard in Smash. 19- it was a Monster Mash. A Monster Mash. My kids love that song. Um, the Safaris, Wipeout, hit number two in 1963 and number 16 again in 1966. The Righteous Brothers, uh, Unchained Melody, Ghost, uh, number four in nineteen sixty-five and number thirteen in nineteen ninety with Ghost. Aerosmith, Dream On, number fifty-nine in nineteen seventy-three and number six in nineteen seventy-six. Did I say fifty-three? I think you said sixty-three. Number fifty-nine in nineteen seventy-three and number six okay. in seventy-six. Okay. Uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, number nine in seventy-six and number two in nineteen ninety-two because of Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Uh, Benny Mardonis into the night, um, I, and I don't remember exactly why his charted twice. I don't think I actually saw it. I don't know if it was in a movie or if it just got. I think it might have gotten re released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Whitney Houston, The Star Spangled Banner, number twenty in nineteen ninety one and Super number Bowl. six in two thousand one. Why in two thousand one? Because two thousand one, I imagine. Oh, right. Because September eleven, yeah, everything good, was good patriotic call. for a second. Um, Whitney Houston again. She did this twice um, with um, "I Will Always Love You," number one in nineteen ninety two, and number three in twenty twelve uh, when, when she passed. She passed. That's good. Yeah, and not then, as good that she passed. Then good, right? But yeah, uh, and then the last three on this list are all Prince because all three of these went uh, top twenty. While he was alive, and, and then, then again died. in 2016 when he passed. So Let's see if I can guess them. Okay. When Doves Cry? Yes. Purple Rain? Uh-huh. The third one's the one I might miss. Not that it's not one of his smashes, I just... 1999? Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it'd be Little Red Corvette. Oh, yeah. Little, Little Red Corvette. I would have thought 1999 or or maybe even... Um, uh, Raspberry Beret, yeah, you know, or, or Let's Go Crazy. Yeah. Let's Go Crazy is one of his hugest songs. Yeah. I always forget about that one. Anyway, uh, let's see. We said at the beginning of the episode that the Rocky soundtrack came out in 85 and Robert Tepper's album, No Easy Way Out, came out in 1986. Um, Scotty Brothers, the label, held Tepper's album release until after the soundtrack had kind of done all it was going to do in terms of like sales because they didn't want to cut into its market share. And so they didn't. Smart. It's smart on their part. It's good business. Yeah, Yeah, it's good business. And so they didn't send him out to tour for reasons I don't know and can't understand to capitalize on it. Um, So there was a lot of like missed potential momentum after making this big splash. Mm -hmm. You've got this huge moment for him where he's thinking, this is it. I'm, you know, my career is going to, you know, whatever. Um, But then they sort of dropped the ball or just didn't you know, didn't do all they could to support because they were trying to maximize what they could get out of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did have another song featured in Stallone's movie Cobra because Stallone just became a big fan of his. And so Angel of the City was featured in the movie Cobra, which was, I think, the next year. Was that like 86 or something? Um, Yeah, he heard No Easy Way Out and loved it so much. And um, he's like, can you do it again? Yeah. And then one more thing from Robert Tepper, and then we're going to talk to him. Uh, on his latest album, Better Than The Rest, which is really good. I really enjoyed it. It's like it's like if you just set out to make an 80s album right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to write an album that's... It, it's and that like, was in uh, 2019. Yeah, in 2000, right. And so if you were like, okay, we're just going to pretend that everything from like 1989 and forward hasn't happened and yeah. we're, and and this is okay. you know just my next album my next follow up um and we talked to him about that album and let him talk a little bit about it too on there with the interview but definitely yeah. it's it's very 80s yeah it is it is and he and so he said you know 
I said, what would it be like uh, if somebody did an 80s record today? Everybody goofs on the 80s, but the reverbs and the delays made that sound huge and cinematic. We also used loops and modern keyboard sounds. We really tried to make an 80s AOR record. Uh, AOR is album-oriented rock. Uh, if you want to go back, we talked about that on our episode on Heart a long time ago. Um, but uh, he said, with the best of what that era brought to music and the excitement of what it would sound like if it was produced today. And it's really good, and he's still got it. He's got, yeah, he's got he's still got the vocals. The guitar player, Pablo Padilla, is yeah. so good. Yeah. So, and I think, um, I think Tepper either played drums on it or programmed drums on it. I'm not sure which, um, but uh, I do believe he. I do believe he plays. So, and this has been chock full. We're sitting at almost an hour before we get to the interview. Wow. This could be an XL episode for sure. But stick around. You're going to want to listen to Robert Tepper. He's a really enjoyable guy, really funny, and um, we had a great time talking to him. You, do you have anything else you need? Good. To we'll be add back in? at the end. All right. So uh, make sure you hit us up on socials everywhere at Great Song Pod, or you can be part of the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. If you want to go the extra mile and be part of helping us produce the show, you can support the show at Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Great song pod. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash great song pod. And uh, if you want to do that, then we can say thank you by giving you stuff like early access, uh, bonus episodes, and more. So uh, if you want to be part of the great pates, as they are sometimes known, uh, you know, we were more than grateful for that. Thank you all so much for listening around the world. I get, I get numbers all the time of like who's listening to our show and where, not who, like specifically. I don't have your address. Don't sweat it. I don't <laughs> we'll have your social security number. Okay. But, uh, you know, but where people are listening to the show from and in kind of what numbers. And uh, it just is always shocking to me. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, JP, we're in the top 10 in India this week or whatever. It's just so <laughs> Probably so won't chart well in Russia after my uh, Russian there. After this. <laughs> <laughs> God knows what you said in I Russian. I know, right? It's not Good even real. Good night. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Robert Tepper and then we'll be back uh, to tuck you in after it's all said and done. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Robert Tepper, one of the greatest voices. Man, still to this day, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but but his latest album, I turned it on uh, in prep and went, golly, he has still got it. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Robert, thank you thank so you much for uh, being with us today. No, no problem. Uh, enjoying it. Let me let me check my COVID schedule. Oh, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, lots lots more availability within the last year. It's uh, it's been yeah. Great. You can you, you can you can get Julius Caesar on the phone. I'm sure he's probably available. <laughs> probably so. This is the rock and roll equivalent, though, right. yeah. of Julius Caesar yeah. is Robert Tepper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about the song itself. How did it How did it come to be? How did No Easy Way Out um, become the song? And then and then I guess separately, how did how did it get approached uh, for the use in Rocky Four? Okay, so um, I was in doing my first record, right? And I'd come to LA, and I don't know if you guys remember. You're probably too young. Everybody's probably too young on that side of the phone. You sound young anyway. No, and we're 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 pushing forty. Now, yeah, we're in our we'll okay. say late thirties. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. I don't want to hurt you. Okay, so so here was the thing. I was shopping my first record deal, right? And um, I was jumping on desks and I was saving box tops to get flights out to L.A. from New York. I was living in New York City, and I flew out to L.A. and I auditioned for a guy named Richie Weiss over at Scotty Brothers, and Richie was just like. He got it immediately, man. He just said, this is great. And he, and he really pushed for me to do a record. 
And we got Joe Ciccarelli to produce. And I've been writing and writing and writing and writing. And honestly, I wrote No Easy Way Out. You know, I remember working on the lyric in my kitchen on, on the east side of 81st Street, right? And, uh, you know, it, it's a relationship song. So it was based on, you know, my first marriage was disintegrating. And, uh, you know, there's no easy way out because, you know, I don't care what anybody says, you know, divorce is a crucial, is a, is a crushing, is a crushing thing, no matter what state of mind you're in, you know? Absolutely. So, so no easy way out kind of came from the angst of uh, going through my first divorce. And so, um, I got the record deal and we went out there and, um, I was really lucky, man. I mean. Dan Huff, you're calling from Nashville, right? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yes. I cannot wait to talk personnel. I'm a huge Dan Huff fan. I'm a giant okay. fan. Like, he's my guy. Okay, so Dan Huff comes. So we're assembling people, and Joe Ciccarelli is the kind of producer. He's bringing in gold, okay? Here I am. I'm the singer from New Jersey, you know, living in New York. And I come in with all these songs. He goes, I got some players, you know. I got Alan Pasqua. I got Tim Landers. I got Myron Grumbacher on drums. And I always get along with drummers, right? Fernando Fernando Sanders on bass too, right? No, no. Tim Landers, actually. The second record was Fernando. Okay, okay, okay. okay. The second record was Fernando. Modern Madness. Modern Madness. He played on Modern Madness. You're right. My bad. Go ahead. Also, amazing, amazing player. So it was like, I didn't have a band. You know, there was like, there's two mentalities in rock and roll. You're 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 a singer and you assemble people around you, or you're a band and and, and you have a singer who emerges up front. You sure. know. Yeah. And I was I needed to be surrounded, and Joe knew that, so he brought in these people. And one day he brings in this guy. I go, Joe, I think your accountant just walked in, and it was Dan Huff. Okay, I was looking <laughs> at first. Uh, I was wondering, I had hair down to my elbows, right? And Dan, like, has these glasses on and really short hair. And, you know, until he plugs in, you don't know what he's going to do, right? And um, so, I, you know, I got to deal with Scotty Brothers. And, you know, contrary to popular opinion, that, you know, they got the deal to do the music to Rocky Four, right? Okay. So I was up there. And I was their artist. And that song was not created for Rocky Four, but to Stallone's credit, he was listening to some of the stuff that the Scotty brothers were playing. And he said, wow, there's something here that I really, really, really like. And I mean, how lucky am I? It's a song, you know, I mean, he saw it played from the, most, most movies, you're the song behind, you're either in the credits <laughs> or you're behind the car crash, you know, right. I mean, he really featured it, you know, which yeah. was, or you're you in know, the montage. Really <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I am the montage. You're the montage. You're the montage. It's you. They're basically like, we're going to use this song to tell the entire story of the previous three movies. Exactly. So, yes, and which is part of the reason that that song is, you know, does so well. How fitting that? How fitting that they dropped it in a scene where him and Adrian are fighting. You know, right based on your life story at the time. You're like, if you could, if you could drop it in the part of the movie, it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, he got it. You know, yep. you've got to give him credit. His instincts were like, man, this is something. Because I remember, you know, I'm invited to the opening. I'm at the Westwood Marquee. Okay, I'm from Bayonne, New Jersey, man. I ain't going <laughs> to the Westwood Marquee. You know, and, you know, uh, we're, we're at the opening night, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I had 
you know, keep your expectations low so you never get disappointed, you know? Right. And I was just, I was just blown away. You know, it was, it was an amazing experience sitting there watching that come to life right in front of me. And, uh, Stallone's pointing to me going, you're next, you're next. I go, next what? You're going to kill what? What, what am I next? <laughs> no. And um, it was great. It was just really a great experience for me as a new artist. I mean, I couldn't have asked for more, you know? Yeah, what a way to make your entrance, you know? Right? Uh, so I, is there a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, maybe a brotherhood among like people who've had their music used as montages in the Rocky movies. They're so full of those. Is it, is it, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm, I, I talk like I'm double part. So I know what you're trying to say. And I, I, <laughs> there is, there is absolutely zero contact between any Rocky people. Although some guy before all the pandemic started swore to me, he, 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 um, I forgot his name, you know, so, but he was contacting me all the time. He wanted to, I think he had Survivor committed. I, I told him I would, you know, I would consider doing it until everything kind of blew apart. And it was to, a tour of, I believe, like five concerts in France with a full orchestra doing all the Rockies. That would be awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. I said, First of all, I'm coming because I want to sing with a whole orchestra behind me because <laughs> right. I've never done that, you know, so that would be cool. And uh, But as far as a brotherhood of, of you know, uh, nah, you know, um, everybody's got their own their own personal hells they go through. Nobody's talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, no, shame. Well, that's you, a shame. You definitely built a good relationship enough with Stallone that he asked you to do Angel of the City for the Cobra soundtrack, too. Another... <laughs> Stallone movie. Yeah. So how did uh, and, uh, how did that happen? How did that tie in go? Okay. So Angel of the City, and if you remember, um, you know that didn't work as well that, because you guys don't realize that you're only forty. But that one, I was in New York, and and the opening happens right, and I I uh, you know I go there and I watch it and I go and and it just didn't have the buzz of Rocky Four was like. Mm-hmm. You know, cinematically amazing when it came out. When it came out, it was like, it was tight. You know what I mean? Every yeah. second took you someplace. The movie was over before you, it was almost like a video game. It it's was so over true. so quick. And you go, what was that? I want I wanted to see it again, you know? And and uh, where I think Angel of the City in, in, in that movie was more, um, it became culty, you know, because it was him. Yeah, you know, but when the movie came out and after the sex, the success of Rocky Four, I you know how many years? Let's see, Rocky Four was eighty six, eighty seven. When did when did um, Angel of the City come out in that movie? What year was that? I don't it, know. It been, so bad. It, no, it's okay. It would have been a couple of years later. But I can tell you, everybody. Everybody would have known Rocky, but not everybody knows Marion Cobretti as much as he you know the gunslinging Ray Ban rocking lieutenant. But everybody knows Rocky. <laughs> Exactly. You put it perfectly. You know, and at the time, I remember walking out of the theater and saying, that didn't work as well. You know what I mean? Uh, first of all, his girlfriend, was, it was a big, it was based on Bridget, you know. Yeah. Who, you know, it, it just didn't have the inspired feel of, of the other movie. But you, you're right. That's, you're right. Not everybody knows that. But the, but the real Stallone fans, you know, love that song too. And, when I play live, I mean, they want to hear, you know, they want to hear Angel of the City, most definitely. 
<laughs> well, eight, the 80s was good to Robert Tepper. You also had a, a, a run with Iron Butterfly, right? How did that come about? What's yes. it like playing in a good oh, okay. <laughs> That was insane, guys. You know, that just, that was absolutely crazy. I don't know if you remember the, the era where they were kind of bringing back super groups. I, I think um, a bad company had, a, you know, Paul, uh, what's his name, was not singing. They had like a different back, a, a different singer. And they were kind of putting like these bands together, you know, with different singers. And that was the idea behind the Butterf- the Iron Butterfly Project. But the guy who financed the whole thing, you know, eventually I got a call from the FBI. Who is this guy? You know what I mean? Oh, and my goodness. Like, what in the world? You know, my, my mom's calling me. Oh, the FBI called you. I said, swear, <laughs> Mom, this one's not my fault. I swear. <laughs> I swear. You know? And... Um, but we, but I actually, that was the MTN record, which was, you know, specifically wound up being a record that, with my name on it, that got released in Europe. And there are some cool songs on there that I play at shows that people love, you know. Um, and and uh, you know, the album came out pretty cool, but it was just, you know, it, it the people who were putting it together were, you know, um, shall we say, uh, not the best. You know, uh, understandable. So. Okay. That's that's uh, yeah. that's that's well said. Less than reputable. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I've got going going back for a second to No Easy Way Out. Um, yeah. I've got a question. It, just in listening, I'd never made this connection before. Uh, I imagine you've been asked this before, but I just want to know for my own personal well being. Um, I, I I noticed a similarity uh, in No Easy Way Out to a song that came out later that uses. Uh, the same, almost the same lyric, the same rhythm, and the same melody, even in the same key. Uh, and that would be uh, Tom Petty's what? I Won't Back Down. The second line of the no. chorus. Well, the second line no. of the chorus is, there ain't no easy way out. Right? Yeah, but, and but, so I'm but, going, wait a minute. It's in the same key. That's pretty wild. It literally is. I'm pretty sure. It's within a half step for sure. So I'm going, okay, okay. did Petty lift this from Robert <laughs> Tepper? <laughs> Because that came out in 1990, I believe, for, oh, on, yeah. on the Full Moon wait Fever album. He's, he's sitting at home watching Rocky Four, and he's like, wait a minute, I can do something with this. <laughs> have has, has, uh, have you ever talked about that before? You know something? It, it, people have, have you know tweeted me like, hey, man, you know, uh, it, it's interesting because I'm somebody, I am not a litigious person, but as, as you know, we, we you know, uh, Benny Mardonis, who I co-wrote Into the Night with, yeah. you know, we sued Cindy Lauper for, for, um, for her, she used a song in her musical that was like exact. Okay. Oh, okay. And, you know, and, you know, that case came to fruition and, you know, we won, you know, um, the thing with Tom is like, I don't own the words, no easy way out. You know what I mean? Sure. Just because I wrote that, I, I don't own those words. And second of all, Tom Petty is like my all-time favorite hero. I mean, he <laughs> is the anti-rock star who was just, I mean, I'm a huge, huge Tom Petty fan then, you know, and uh, uh, if he stole my song, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, take, because, it, take it and run with it. Take it, Tom, because, you know, it's really sad, you know, um, I, I did, I never had seen him live until, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say seven, eight months before he died at the forum here and you know he, he there's just something about i don't know he was he really inspired me um, amazingly in so many ways so i probably there's a little bit of 
me and everything I write with him, you know, and uh, so I probably owe him money. At the end of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, Let's talk about a little bit about your latest project. Twenty twenty is better than I'm sorry. Twenty nineteen is that better than yeah. the rest? September. Yeah, September twenty something. Twenty first. Like <laughs> better than the rest. Better than the rest. Okay, so here's here's the deal with better than the rest. So I released this album, New Life Story, right um, a while ago, and it's more of a singer songwriter record, which you know I really had fun doing. Because I write a lot, guys. You know what I mean. Um, I'm, you know, and I'm not saying that to brag because I don't do much more, do anything else very well in life. You know what I mean. Sure. It wasn't MIT, MIT or rock and roll, but I can <laughs> write some. I can write songs, and I like doing it. You know, and um, so I, I put out this album, um, New Life Story, and New Life Story. This guy Indigo Balboa from from Madrid. Right. He says, Roberto, you know, I'm a huge fan, you know, um, but more than that, I want to bring you here. So I go and I start doing some shows in Spain and in Europe and we did England. We did a couple of festivals and, you know, I, and in that band was this guy, Pablo Padilla. Yeah, I'm right? so glad you mentioned him because he wasn't on my radar at all. But I noticed Pablo Padilla, his guitar intro on Tom, just Tom. And dude, this guy's awesome. Who is this guy? <laughs> like, well, here, here's the deal, okay? So Pablo's in my band, and it's like, we don't realize it, right? But, you know, American music, or the music that we grew up on, that I grew up on, the MTV scene, they, they worship the players like Dan Huff and, 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 and the, you know, the guy in Toto and, and Stevie Vai and all these guys. They, they study them and they know them. Like, like you know... Uh, it maybe wouldn't be considered cool here, but no. over there. So Pablo was like this session guitar player from, from Madrid who had played with all these people. Right. And over there. And so, when Pablo, so when Indigo was put the band together, Pablo's in the band. And I had, and, uh, um, Alfonso Somas was the other guitar player. who was amazing. And so we're having a ball and everything. And all of a sudden I get back from the tour and we're kind of done, and I get a call. Roberto, it's it's Pablo. Come and start with amigo. I said, you know, uh, you know, está bien, man. Todo bueno. <laughs> and he said to me, uh, you know, what are you doing? So we get together for coffee, and he goes, we got to do something. And this guy, he's like forty something. I don't know. Pablo's like maybe forty two, forty three years old. And it was like there was something really inspiring about the way he he approached the eighties guitar. You know what I mean? So when I did shows in here, I did a show at the Whiskey, and I did some shows, you know. Uh, you know, we have, like, the third most requested video from the Whiskey <laughs> is no easy way out. Wow. You know, next to Lemmy, and I think, and, and, and uh, you know, give it away, give it away, now, this, you know, <laughs> those guys. Yeah, you've got and, a great uh, you've got a great line in that. I watched that. that. I went down a major rabbit hole of Robert Tepper live, and at uh, that show you I'm got sorry, your, sorry. no. It was wonderful. <laughs> You're like, this is why you spent your twenty dollars, and then you started with no easy way out. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> so so uh, I, I think I'm so funny, but I'm not. My wife says I'm. Not. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I literally LOL'd. I laughed off my chair. I thought that's funny. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. So okay, so. Pablo, we're in touch, you know, he's out here going to school and we say, let's do something. And I got to tell you, when was the last time I did like an eighties type album? 
the MTN record was probably it. What was that? Early 2000s? Maybe, I don't even know. I'm horrible with dates. But anyway, <laughs> it had been a good 20 years, okay? And I said, you know what? We're going to sit down. We're going to say, what do we love about this period? Not the bullshit, okay? Not the stuff that we hate, you know? <laughs> the stuff that made us look like idiots, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that, you know, uh, the shit we love, Death Leopard, you know, uh, you know, um, there's a million of them. But, well, you, you can't, know, you can't tell me, show, show me where the light is going, doesn't have a little bit of finish what you started, Van Halen guitarness in it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, there it is. the feel, like it's, it's picked up. That was up. our Van Halen tune. Yep. <laughs> that was, that was absolutely the Van Halen tune. Great pickup. And that, but those, those were the influence of that record. And we said, you know what? Let's make a cinematic, large-sounding keyboards. Him and I played everything on the record. He did all the guitars. Oh, I wow. did the vocals. I engineered the record. I mixed the record. I did, you know, with him, but mostly mixing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we wrote it. And you know, um, you know, time just as time came out, came out of that session, which is a song I really, really love. You know, and um, that's my and, favorite and track. It was just, go yeah. ahead. That, no, no, that's Rob's favorite track. Yeah, that's my favorite that's track. The one that, that when album, he, yeah. he beat me too listening to it. He's like, dude, you got to check out Time Just Time. And yeah, oh, it's great. Thank you, guys. Man, I, I'm just really proud of that song. I just think we did a good job on that. I the like Testimon- Testimony. is my favorite. So there you go. Thank you, man. Oh, you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much. Because I love that record. And I just, and, and the Better Than the Rest was just like a thing of like, you know how rappers are always saying like they're the greatest, they're the richest, they got big belts and everything. You know, f*** it, man. Better than the <laughs> You know, better than the rest because we were when we lit, went out, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of the old records, the guys couldn't sing as well. The yeah. songs weren't well written. You know what I mean? It was like, it's what they used to do, but not as good. You right. know, yeah. I mean, not to compare it, but I just wanted, if I could bring something fresh to it and really sing it with some passion, I wanted to do it, you know, and... You know, we went for it. It took a year to do, and and it was it was just a great experience for us, for Pablo and I, to do that. And like I said, we worked on. I mean, I threw away no less than ten hours of mixes on that thing. I mean, we really worked hard on it. And um, I think you know, I'm proud of that record. Very proud of it. You, know? you should be. You should I, be. I think you guys succeeded in what you were trying to do. Definitely. And we thank uh, you, Mick. And we, uh, for our listeners, something that we do every with most of the people that we get on here. I like to rapid fire things that I like about the artist. That's just kind of random, yeah. off the cuff. This is our. I'm going to brag on things I like about Robert Tepper that a lot of y'all may okay. not know. So give me a second to, to tell you things I like. Don't walk away from the same album of of No Easy Way Out. Your first one. Uh, everybody needs an Under the Light of the Neon Moon line in their '80s repertoire. <laughs> so. The, so the the way I ended up at the Whiskey A Go Go concert is in the video. I mean, you're giving it everything you got. You're sweating, eyes closed, <laughs> trigger fingers, whole nine yards. So I'm going down this incredible rabbit hole of everything that Robert Tepper can bring. So I landed on the '85 Solid Gold Live, and you're obviously lip syncing. I mean, like the world can tell you're lip syncing. There's no way you're not, but you're still bringing the same energy. It's like you are bringing. Oh, I was because you gotta you gotta realize, guys. I mean, you know, uh, not that. Not that the, I'm going well. I'm so grateful I'm here right now because I had some <laughs> times, you know, like I was, I was on Dick Clark and, you know, I'm looking at Dick and it's just, you feel like you're in a factory machine. Yeah. But when I did that, when I did that, I think that was uh, 
what was it, Midnight Special, maybe, that, that I did with Dan, Dan, I don't remember. I think it was the uh, Warwick, what was that show? And, yeah, so I brought it, man. I was singing the song, you know what I mean? I'm there. Yeah. I'm on stage. I think Dan Huff's playing guitar. Yeah, he, I got Myron. He, he is. Like, that's how I noticed that you played with Dan Huff. I didn't know that before. I was like, that's Dan Huff playing guitar. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> we had fun, you that, know? I mean... So I'm singing full tilt, even though you, I'm lip syncing. I am singing full tilt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then I went from I went from there, and so I start looking up. You know, Modern Madness is great. Your second album, because I'm on Dan Huff. I'm like, okay, I got to find everything that Dan Huff plays. His solo on right. Angel of the City. I didn't realize that was him, but that's wonderful. Um, oh yeah, the Unforgiven. The first track on that is what every I went and watched the video. It's what every rock and roller wanted to look like. And I went out and I, I almost bought an eye patch because there's so many eye patches in that video. And I don't know why the well, eye patch theme, but it worked and it made me wanted to be like, "Hey, babe," to my wife, like, "Do you care to put on this eye patch?" Because <laughs> the girls in there are so oh, hot in their eye patch. So much for that eye patch. <laughs> it's funny because. We we were downtown. We were downtown LA doing that video. Dean Black played guitars on that record, right? Yeah. And you know, so we're doing that video, and you know, I mean, the people and uh, the people are trying to sell me kitty porn and what, what else is going so. on? Going, who are these people who casted this thing? I mean, <laughs> it, with you know, my friends. It, uh, Myron had just bought a new car and we go back to his car. I, I begged him to do the video with me. Please come on, man. He goes back, his brand new car. All that's left is like the seats and the shell. Oh, okay? no. oh like, my goodness. <laughs> they got it the whole thing. Oh my gosh. But, you know, it was, it was a funny video, man. And I got to write a book. I, Cause I used to hang out with the motorcycle guys. Out yeah. Here. That was a big thing that's for me to do. That's so cool. Man. You know, so I got them all in it. And I was driving a, a heritage, I think it was a, you know, Harley and a soft tail. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty hilarious. That, that's you know? a, that's was, an experience for everybody. Uh, and then, <laughs> so I went from there to, I went to fighting with you, which is like a completely different way to go. But Carol Sue Hill, yeah, yeah. Carol Sue Hill is money. And you also had not only her, but Tori Amos uh, sang back up with you on that project, that's right? And Dave and Dave. Yeah. And Dave and Dave. Were, I don't know if you remember them, but they, they produced that, that first, uh, Cheryl Crow record. Mm-hmm. They they were part of that. The, um, yeah, Tori was like because Joe was going to do her first record. You know, Joe Ciccarelli was going to uh-huh. do Tori's so first. He was down at the studio all you know all the time. And Tori was a sweetheart, man, and so talented. She was she was living off a fountain here and behind the church playing piano and stuff. And God, I mean, who who knew that it was going to be that? But she 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 was. You know, and still is like amazing. I mean, it's just such an amazing talent. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, overall album, I think you're gonna. I'm probably the only Robert Tepper fan or person that. Th- I think my favorite album in its entirety is actually No Rest for the Wounded Heart. I went and I listened through. At, at least it's my favorite opening track. Um, oh I, man, you. I love yeah, it. There's good songs on there. It, it, I mean, what? What? I don't remember every song on there no, because we Chris, play a couple. So, Christina, ahead, that's the ahead. one that's kind of Christina's got that chunky guitar and the moving bass line riff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar to Living half on a Prayer. Yeah. Half a there it is. There. <laughs> yeah, I that. And I then the that. guitar ballad Chips is on there. I'm a I'm a ballad guy too, so I'm a I'm a which, fan. Which, which ballad is it? Always, Chips. Always not. Chips. Oh yes, yeah, Chips. Yeah, the one that I was always when Ian when uh, Ian Hunter. I was a huge Ian Hunter fan. Because when Ian Hunter came out with Never Alone with a Schizophrenic, 
with uh, with see like that that was like an old record that just like will influence me for the rest of my life with uh, Mick Ronson on guitar, right? Huh. And oh my God, like you know, Cleveland rocks on there and Ships is on there, and I just I had to sing it. It was like if you're a singer, if you don't sing. Yeah, the thing ships. My God, it's an incredible, <laughs> incredible song. Yeah, yeah, Ian Hunter's the guy from uh, Mott the Hoople. He's Montreal, he's from, yeah. Yeah. Montreal, yeah, way back when. But he, uh, uh, what was that? What was it? Uh, just another night on the other side. I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm a geek. I'm a Ian. I'm not an Ian Hunter. I'm not. A, I'm not an anything geek. But <laughs> I know that. I know that album, and he he just I love that record. That's, That's a cool. great record. That's cool. So That's great. great. Yeah, we got. Uh, yes, go ahead. No, no, you're good. There's a. Uh, there's one question that we ask everybody. Um, that go we'll, ahead. We'll throw it to you, and then we'll give you a chance to talk about whatever. You've been so much fun, Robert. We've had yeah, a great, great time with you. Oh, hope, you've, hope you've had a good oh, time. Oh, hope I didn't make you work too hard. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely no, no, not. And this is this <laughs> is fun for us. We love this stuff. Okay, so you're <laughs> you're on tour either as a solo artist or. Um, you know, in a band. Oh, with the, yeah, with the uh, the Survivor Rocky Mega yeah, Tour that didn't it, happen. Playing playing cruise ships all <laughs> yeah. over. The, so you're on, no, not playing cruise, cruise ships. Hold on, wait a minute. Bulletin just in. Lead singer of the Rocky of Rocky Four kills himself on on cruise ships <laughs> right after he gets to pop. We're right before he tests positive for two diseases, Legionnaires and Corona. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so you're on land. And you're I on land, and you're, dri- you're driving in a car. <laughs> you come to a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine so you can think on your answer. I get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces. I get a Three Musketeers bar. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Come on, man. This is too easy. I like you it. Kidding? I don't even have to. All right. First of all, I get a nice cold Diet Coke because I'm a little parched. Okay. okay? <laughs> and I have a nice Diet Coke with Ruffles potato chips and three and three Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay. That's man. ready to go. You know the whole snack. Uh, <laughs> That's a snack aisle. You nailed it. You went with the salty and the sweet salty combination. Salty and sweet and salty. No, I, I like the, I like the uh, sour cream. Sour okay. Cream or the or the. Or the t- the really dark orange ones is really good too. Oh, that's <laughs> excellent! That's wow. awesome. Well done. This guy good, knows what he wants when he good, walks in the gas station. Good call, Robert. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> ran, random. Have you favorite Stallone film that you're not featured in? Ooh, that's what I just thought of. Any others that you know? I really thought. Um, I mean, I was I was on the record that came out, but I I liked I liked when he did the one where he kind of came back. It was it was kind of the one where he had the restaurant and he oh, kind of sure. you know yeah Rocky it, Balboa it, it, it I think different. that was Rocky Balboa yeah that one that was good that was good I thought that was pretty cool I thought just him doing that I also like the one was it Copland was he in Copland he was yes in Copland. he was yeah. yeah that's where he gained all that weight. <laughs> To do yeah. That. yeah, he looked yeah. completely different. Now, you do need to be asked to be in the next Creed. I'm surprised they didn't ask you to be in, like, oh, Creed they, 2. You know what? They could go f*** themselves. Okay. I need the story behind that. I, better, I submitted better than the rest, right? Okay. And I, don't, I couldn't get to him. But how good would better than the rest have been in that movie? Oh, yeah. So true. So oh, true. Dude, that would Come be, on. 
That would have been money. Right? Man. Yeah. You know what? That Get me cool. Michael B. Jordan on the phone. That's right. Get, <laughs> Get him on the phone. That's going to be our next phone anyway, call. You know, but I, I'm not bitter. I have no anger in me. None <laughs> at all. But, you know, look, I'm, look, I get it, man. You know, these movies are not made for me now. They're made for, you know, they're made for 24 to 32-year-olds to 17-year-olds, yeah. man. Well, they don't want some 70-year-old guy, you know. Well, right, then they right. could have done the bullet for my Valentine cover of No Easy Way Out in there Creed. You there yep. you go. That, and you could have got some more royalties. There you go. Now, you know what? My kids my kids would have liked that. They would have liked that. <laughs> yeah. That was, their marijuana, their marijuana grade would go up a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the funniest reply to anything anyone has ever said on this show. <laughs> that is really the transparency in that statement was just That's phenomenal. Everything. Uh, <laughs> well, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a real blast. Guys, it's, it's been a great. Thank way you so finish. much for having me. I hope I hope I didn't curse. I hope you don't have to beat me too much. We got you. Hey, it's we're, no problem. We're experts on the on the editing. That's right. Rob, we got Rob's it. good at that. So we may even pick a special sound just for you. To edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. There it is. We'll use that one. Let's drop that in. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you All so right, much. Guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Man. All right. Great take job. care. Thanks. This is the Great Song Podcast. That was Robert Tepper. And you know what? This was a longer episode, uh, but it had to be. Oh, you yes. Know? There was no easy way out. <laughs> Here it is again. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It might come in it's about funny. the length of a Rocky movie. It might. This episode might be longer than Rocky IV. I, it dep- it's like I an hour and 26 minutes or something like that? Hour and 30 yeah, minutes? It's, yes, it is. It's the, the under movie. 90 minutes, Rocky IV, so, and half montages. If you we- hadn't seen it, guys, take a minute and watch some Rocky IV. Yeah. Just do it. Take a minute. If you, you've if you've seen it, watch it again. Yeah. If you've seen Endgame or um <laughs> or the Snyder cut of Justice League, you could have watched Rocky Four one twice. Through, you could have watched one through four. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So you owe it. You owe it to yourself to watch the Rocky movies. They're so delightful. Guys, thanks for enjoying Movie Month with us. Yeah. We touched on wraps it Movie up. Month. Obviously, we talked a lot about the movie, so we yeah. didn't need to to bring on that. But we hope you guys have enjoyed Movie Month. We're coming down the home stretch of season seven. Man, crazy, crazy things. We got big things planned. We got big things already in the can. Speaking Um, of throwing punches, oh, dude, what do we have coming next week and the week after? It's freaking rivalry week. Holy cow. It's rivalry week. The worst title that we've ever come up with because it's so hard to say. I even said rivalry week. It's time for rivalry week. It is. Once again. And uh, we're about about to to slug it out. That's right. We're going to sit right here in these chairs where we are right now and we're about to record two episodes back to back of us just going at it. The first time we did a rivalry was was Taylor Swift. Yeah. And the Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Dolls. And I was ironically wearing my Rocky Four shirt. Yes, you were. I so remember there that. there you go. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> anyway, it's coming coming at you soon next week. We'll see you again with Rivalry Week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. And I was actually wearing the Rocky One shirt. Rocky, yeah, was, I remember it was Rocky and Apollo, but whatever. Who cares? Let's tag back in and tag it again. It was just kidding. Rocky One. Rocky One instead.